Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is June 16th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm uh I'm okay. I I feel like I'm battling through a flu game here. My internet oh, for isn't, God's sake. isn't good again. You know, I I'm I'm wired. I feel bound to this wire. I feel like it's 1995. Some people have been telling me that I should be wired all the time. That they're they're they feel like I was trolling them by not being wired all the time. Um, I'm I wired. Suck. I'm down to one screen. I usually have two. Nobody needs to hear about your hardships. Cry me a river. Flu game because you got wires and one screen. Well, it, takes, it takes me like three days to upload anything right now. Comcast know, is coming over in the morning. I'm well, gonna... fortunately, it's only U.S. Open week, and we've done about eight hours of podcasts already on Wednesday, and you've just been sitting there. Is it? computer putters and billows along <laughs> trying to get these podcasts out to the world but uh it's us open week it's fantastic i saw you take that big swig of water right as you were supposed to talk and it's like almost a false start shouting my name here uh you, you, I'm know, so what, excited. Uh, you know what's the big what? thing this week why we should all be excited what extra 100 fedex cup points 600 fedex cup points this week are on the line up from 500 really last week at, at the congaree the Palmetto Classic with uh, with Harrison Frazier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the 500 points last week, 600 this week. That's what really distinguishes these ultimate golf's toughest test, the ultimate test, whatever they're calling it now, branding it now, uh, from everything else. It's those extra 100, 100 points. You can buy a lot of Sumo Citruses with those. You can, do a lot, you can trade it in for whatever you want. It's just those 100 points are really what sets us apart. No, I've fired up. We have a U.S. Open. We have it at Torrey Pines, primetime, late golf. We have it at a course that might incite some folks, might, you know, incite those, you know. No, might. it's not going to incite any pros. It's all out there in front of them, you know. Well, that was the exact quote that JT used. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you and your cohort in the architectural community, you and the, the Reese think- hatred uh, fan, you know, the Reese Hatred Collective. Uh, and then you got people, you know, with blowback to the blowback. And I'm just reveling in it. I'm enjoying it. So I love that there's a controversial setup of some sort. It's even not, if it's, it's not controversial. It just stinks. But, yeah. So it's dog crap. It provokes opinions, strong opinions, which I like. Um, we got, I think everybody's here aside from, uh, Tiger Woods, which is sad. We wish we had Tiger, certainly given his history here at 2008. And then that's uh, right. Marcus, uh, Marcus Armitage is here. You're right. Um, Everybody's here. Hey, why? So I, I think that the consensus at the start of the PGA was that it felt this is such a cliche, but it felt like so open and so 
just like, I don't know who's going to win this week. I mean, is Justin Thomas good? Is Rory good? He won here. Like, all these things. Like, nobody really had any idea. And sure enough, Phil Mickelson. Yeah, we got the, we got the most obscure, uh, surprising win. I, I would honestly say that Phil, if I, you know, if you had ranked the field going into the PGA, Phil would have been in like the bottom quartile. He would have yeah. been just like above, he would have been just above the, the PGA pros. So here we are a month later. And, and I feel like, and this is probably, I, I want to get your insights on this as well. Like due to the course kind of limiting, certainly the, the, the universe of folks who could do well here, but, it's the course it, and it feels the setup. Like, it feels like everybody's kind of back. Like the lead dog is like, oh, I think Bryson could really win this week. He could be great. Um, I, Brooksy feels like he's kind of firing again and, and back, doing better and, and refocused. Uh, you know, Speed talking about how he, you know, even compared to when he came through here in January, he's hitting shots he didn't have. Uh, it just feels like a lot of like the top players seem like Rom went through COVID, looked great at Memorial, Morikawa, Cantley. It just feels like the usual suspects are all the right bets, whereas a month ago, it felt like nobody was like necessarily a prohibitive favorite or flying or, or firing on all cylinders. Is Do you feel like that's changed a little bit? Do you feel like the horses are the ones to, like the top-ranked horses are the ones to ride again um, this week? I mean, I think they're they're like Brooks showed stuff at the PGA, like it, DJ sure, obviously, right? I don't think it's be. I think it's because of the setup. I think this is we're we're okay. at this golf course. We see it every year. It's going to play differently in the summer, obviously, than it plays in in February. Um, but you know, it it's the U.S. Open also, which whether or not they will ever admit it, you know, they they've become the most predictive major that exists in the last decade. It is almost exclusively more so a than power. the PGA. It's, a, it's a, exclusively yeah. a power hitters championship at this point. And yeah. I, I don't know if this is right or wrong. If, you know, tennis has different courts where like we see Rafa Nadal won, has <coughs> won 13 French opens on clay. Like, you know, like, sure. I don't know if it's necessarily right or wrong, but it is what it is. It's a very one dimensional. It's a imposed difficulty, which leads to it being extraordinarily difficult for anybody that doesn't hit the ball 320 yards. So, you know, we've, we've seen, you know, outside of, outside of chambers and, um, Aaron Hill, do you think, did Shinnecock do anything to, I think Shinnecock, still ended up I, being... well, I think Shinnecock gave people chances. I mean, but like you, you know, when there's not width, when it's just thick, rough and it's narrow, like this is what's going to happen. It's it's just yeah. I it's my number one thing to watch. Does anybody have a chance other than the bombers and 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 it, not necessarily just bombers? Like I think it's like elite bombers. I because this is a U.S. Open still. Like you still have to be good around the greens. You still have to be good approaching the green. Um, so I kind of can't put, be Wyndham Clark. Yeah, I, I put, Jason. I I have Kokrak in the list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think we could. I think Kokrak would be in my top fifteen players I'd pick this week. Top oh, twelve, yeah. fantastic! But coming I got, around, you're a Kokrak head. No, I got All Brooks, right. DJ, Bryson, Rory, Finau, Kokrak, Woodland, and Rom as as my guys that are I think fit JT. the bill. 
I think JT probably goes in there. He's super steep too. You could put JT, JT in there too. Um, but like, if you don't have speed, you got no shot. I just, I mm. just can't see Chez out there poofing it out there. Two eighty. <laughs> That's generous. Two eighty is generous. You're just gonna miss fairways out there. You and- can't go station to station. You don't think you can hit four iron, four iron wedge, one putt. There's a great get out and play station to station baseball. I just I don't see what's wrong with that. There's a new uh, maybe, there's a new data boy on the street. Oh, fantastic. Who's he, the new data boy on the street? Joe Is this, Joe Lo, corners? Joseph Lamagna. Friend of the program. Data boy friend of the program, maybe. We'll see. Um, he wrote up a great little thing about this. He has a newsletter. It's called uh, yep. Finding the Edge. Uh, oh, everybody's I, gonna be citing this soon. No. I subscribe. Don't, don't give a. Hey, I subscribe you know? to him. Yeah, this is okay. what you you're supposed to do. It it doesn't happen uh, in golf media. When you read yep. stuff and and you find it smart, it usually just gets adopted as your own take. But yep. um, you're supposed to cite stuff. So here's a uh, data you know from the tenth tenth hole at Tory right approach distance yep. from the fairway. So say. I think he used the he used the example of Rory and Webb, similar rank players, but Rory hits it twenty five yards further, right? Twenty to twenty five. So say Rory's approaching from the fairway from one forty to one sixty, Webb from one sixty to one eighty. The expected score or score on the is two point eight three to three point oh two. Right. So he picks up some there, right? Yep. Now, if yep. if you're in the rough, it's 3.06 to 3.37 from those same distances. So you pick up more. You have a bigger advantage if they if both enter the, the rough. Now, Webb is more accurate than than Rory, but with how wide the fairways are, Webb's only going to hit like one more fairway around. So every single hole, Rory's going to be picking up two tenths of a shot just by being closer than him. And Webb and a counter it like is gonna everybody will be like, Oh well he'll hit more fairways. He'll hit one more. So yeah. then he'll then he'll gain, you know, point three. Right. But it's just right. a losing fight. Right. We were getting deep into the course talk here, which let's just run with it. I was gonna do schedule for the week and all that. But Oh, the schedule about- for the week, the, the Corn Ferry tour played opposite the National Open. Doesn't play Wichita. opposite the players. Doesn't play a, doesn't play opposite the players of a fucking tournament they can't qualify for. It's because they gotta have all their Panavidra people home to celebrate the you know gold yeah, standard. Yeah, they can't be out there. They need every every middle manager suit and everything like that out there needs to be home for the the gold standard helping that. But you can't let the players can't let the players play the national a- open. Yeah, they got to be in Wichita. Um, no, but let's get into it. Uh, let's continue on the course stuff. Um, I thought it was interesting today. Jordan Spieth was asked, like, so Bryson goes, I mean, it's pretty much the same as last year. He started to make some distinctions between the rough. He's like, maybe like he contradicted himself a little bit. So the rough might be a little different. Like the Kikuya might be a little different. I might not be able to get through it as well. Um, but he more or less said it's similar to last year. I'm going to bomb it as much as possible. And then when I miss the fairway, I'll gouge it out. And like, you know, if you're Mike Davis, I don't think that's what you want to hear, right? That doesn't sound like the full examination of skill if you're a U.S. Open kind of uh, advocate. 
uh, he's just saying the quiet. He's saying it out loud. Bob and gouge is supposed to be a derogatory term, more or less, right? That's kind of what you say when you're criticizing, I guess, a, a player's maybe limited skills or a course's limited attributes. But Bryson's out there just saying it, using those exact terms, Bob and gouge. Um, so he thinks he's going back to the similar well, similar approach. Spieth, on the other hand, was asked about it. He thinks it's different. Because I think they played, talked about Wingfoot. Is it set up similarly to Wingfoot last fall where he talks about like, he goes, I got to Wingfoot and I was like, oh boy, here we go. What's this quote? And then I come here where I think I could start on the 10th tee. And I, I do think I'm in a position to win on, on Thursday when I'm starting on the 10th tee. <laughs> I loved his candor there. He's like, I mean, I was on the first. I was like, oh boy, here we go. Um, he goes, I, I needed that confidence. Much as you want to say you can fake it till you make it at the US Open. Like I need the confidence between then and now to, to be ready to, to really think that standing on the tee. So he's asked about the differences. I love Speak is ready for TV, man. You know, at the PGA, when he's talking about how the wind was going to be easier for the lefty at, at Ocean Course, like I think he's ready to just go deep and nerd out and be, be a great TV analyst. They got Zinger um, though. Pressure. Dan, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan's not going to talk about that pressure. There's your red light guys and your green light guys. When I was pouring together, you know, Brooks and Bryson might be two red light guys. They just got to put them. They got to put them together, Dan. Um, all right. Speed. I think they play very differently. And here's why. I think at Wingfoot, the fairways were so firm that fairway percentages were going to be so low that essentially those who flew the ball the furthest, and obviously the winner was one of those, if you look down the leaderboard as well, there were such difficult fairways to hit regardless of if you hit a good shot or not because of how they dogleged and where they bounce, that the shorter the club into the green percentage-wise, the better opportunity to hit it straighter, being able to get out of the rough and so on and so forth. Obviously, you needed to hit, still hit a lot of really, really good shots, play the par three as well as that kind of stuff, I think this is different. The grass type and the fairways, even if it firms up a bit, is still going to hold shots better. It is so sticky. the fairway grass yeah. up. Yep. Kakuya. Yep. And there's some more bunkers around the landing areas than rough. Bunkers rather than rough, which Bryson was saying that's a better place to be. The hazards. But get the ball in the hazard, which you want to hear. Um Ogilvy was telling an 08. I heard that. Listen to the fried egg pod with with Ogilvy. I heard this. Go ahead. So the bunkers were like talcum powder. You'd go in there. Everything would plug. It's like. I think that's changed. Maybe. I don't know. Because today they were talking about. I mean, Pat Reed basically said, if you miss the green, like you're praying to be in a bunker. Like you want to be in the bunker. Uh, Bryson's like bunkers are the better places to be often probably on most holes. So here's Spieth again. Uh, the grass type of the fairways is still going to hold shots better. And there's more bunkers around the landing areas than rough. So I think that it's a different situation on that front. The greens are also smaller here. So even more emphasis on hitting fairways. Do you agree, disagree with that distinction a little bit based on what Joe has been saying uh, he thinks it's it's I, I the, other th- the other thing that I've thought about is the um you know approaches 
you know, this golf course is extraordinarily repetitive. I don't, I don't know if you could build a more repetitive golf course because there's just bunker right, bunker left on almost every hole uh, off the tee and into the green. God. So the question. Who was saying it? Then, Woodland, someone said, like, oh, there's not a lot of options. It's like you just hit driver. So I think I forget. It was well, Morikawa, Woodland. Somebody late today was like, well, there's not a lot of options. You just, you, you know, you just hit driver. All right, go ahead. But the greens are perched up, which, you know, where Wingfoot had the open approaches that you could run in, it is a little different. That being said, though, I just, I still think this is going to go this way. Yeah. Because yeah, one of those, one of those long hitters is going to have a good week driving the ball. Right. And like a right. good week driving the ball for a guy that hits it 290, 300. They might hit 58% of fairways and a good week driving the ball at 320 is 55. Like, what's the difference? A half a fairway around? I I don't see how how we get outside that, yeah, that that really core. I mean, like Xander, you have to throw in there. He contends at every single U.S. Open, right? He is at long. Doesn't play well here, though, notoriously. Or, you know, the Farmers edition Mm -hmm. of this course but i mean i think yeah. i think you gotta be like a 310 guy yeah and be competent through the rest of the bag like mm-hmm. you said but start with that at the very least okay it, it seems or have just like a, a surreal week driving the ball which i just don't know if somebody could go out and hit 70 percent of these fairways like what do you make of the rough that was a big thing that you wrote about at Wingfoot. Like you're taking sort of, you want unpredictable rough. What I'm hearing, what I'm seeing is that it is quite unpredictable right now. Patrick Reed uh, talked about, I mean, this, this was rough around the green granted, like he dropped one ball. It went to the bottom. He advanced it six inches. He dropped another ball set up and he felt like he could hit driver off of it. He was setting up in Kikuya. Uh, we're getting that. Like a lot of spots are patchy. A lot of spots stick up. Uh, I saw there was a TV segment on they think there's even maybe like because of all the municipal players that come in here with grass on their, you know, grubby cleats, grass types on their grubby cleats that that has created sort of uh, inconsistent conditions in the rough because there's different types of grass growing out there from all the, you know, peasant cleats that haven't, you know, been cleaned off with seeds and whatever else detritus from the other courses they were playing. Uh, So I, I just think it's the rough is going to be talked about ad nauseum. We're seeing the videos, the balls being thrown down. It seems to be most penal around the green, from what I can tell, uh, or most, I don't know, uh, most extreme. I don't know if penal is the right word there. Most extreme around the green. So what are you making of that? I mean, I just don't understand why you have the long rough everywhere. Like, if you... So one of my big things is like behind some of the greens, these greens are like perched up, right? Why don't yeah. you have short rough back there that shoots the ball away? Like right. it's way harder when you're 20 yards over the green because you nuked one over the green than when the rough just stops at two feet over the green. It's it's idiotic actually. Like I don't understand some of this stuff. Like I just don't, I sometimes I question like why they they think it needs to be uniform like everywhere. Um and yeah. I know that like it's patchy and and who knows why. But 
But like, obviously, I think like that's one of the things that the superintendent. I did a podcast with the superintendent. He did say that the Kukuya will make it a lot more unpredictable. And then Ogilvy ta- confirmed that too. Like he's like you, you know, the rough play is way different, and you feel like you do have shots for recovery. Uh, it all is based off of uh, a lie you draw, and that's, you know, this is where it gets into. The U.S. Open and, and this belief, this old standing belief that it, it needs to be thick rough everywhere. Like, really, what you're doing is you're just subjecting more chance into the, you know, you're injecting chance into the championship. Because, like, to a certain extent, it a little uh, who wins might be just the guy that got a, two better lies in a week. Like that, Did the he, one drop to the bottom or did yeah. it sit up at the and, right and time? And that just right doesn't place. seem like that's not a test. That's just random luck to a certain extent it's why i just can't stand this this whole long rough uh u.s open mentality bullshit like the places that the bombers have struggled the most were chambers bay and aaron hills the widest places that's a good point like i i vividly remember jason day uh, DJ and Rory all missing the cut at Aaron Hills. And I remember, I think it was Jason Day, who was at that point a top five player, was like, I just can't, it's so wide, I can't get a sight line. Isn't sports a lot of luck, though? I mean, it's it's putting yourself in position to either be the beneficiary or the well, kick you, in the nuts. I would speak that, that way if I was a Cavs fan and got the calls that LeBron got. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm talking about the... I mean, you, you know, could the, call the it luck. call with the Chiefs, the spearing, the, the guy head-to-head helmet, leading with the helmet, Sorensen. At the end of the first half, I mean, Browns would have gone to, to the Super Bowl extent. without that. Like, I'm talking about, like, bounces off the shoulder pads, bounces off the rib. Like, that's just kind of what happens. I, I, yeah, but I don't the, think I'm disagreeing with you. Up, but it's not set up to induce that, right? Like, it's, it's not part like... part of the game, though. It's not like they, they grow a longer patch of grass on the, on the field where you could kick an onside kick to, you know, randomly, and you only know it, you know, if the ball goes there, it it slows it down, you know? (laughs) Like, there's, I guess, like, you know, baseball is the only one that kind of has, like, a little bit of this with the home field advantage, how, you know, every field's a little bit, plays a little differently. And, or uh, where you hit the ball. Once the ball is contact's made and it's in play, unless it's going over the fence, like, you might have, hit the ball like you might have murdered the ball or you could be a little bloop single guy like Chez. You could be just poofing him out there. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. You've lost me now. I just think like luck is a part of sports. It is a part of sport. Like there's good luck and bad luck. You could hit a sprinkler head. Like that's one type of it. But when you just line a course with thick rough everywhere and make the fairways impossible to hit, that you're just trying to amplify the luck. Yeah, I think just part of it, sports is be, you know being good enough to put yourself in position to be the beneficiary of the luck or the or the bad luck. Um, I agree. I you know I'm just trying to be devil's advocate. Here. I understand fine. where you're getting. I was uh, I wanted the, to talk about the juice box and when they put the when they had the flagpoles inside the play inside the field. Remember Enron Field? Oh yeah, and the hill. The hill. You love that. You always bring that up. Were they in the NL Central when that was built? And that's why you have such fond memories. They were yeah. still playing. The, okay. All right. That's great. Um, all right. So that's a little bit on the course. I enjoyed Phil. 
talking about just biting his tongue, wanting to have an uh, an Andy Johnson style, I think, pop off about uh, about the Reese and how he's never been the same since, you know, he's never been able to play well there since that happened. Did his best to just compliment the conditioning. Like they kept trying to go there. And he's like, oh, I'm just so happy to be home. It's so beautiful out here. They've done such a good job with the conditioning, but wouldn't really go into. So he did talk about how they were happy they brought some of the the canyon i think it was 17. canyon into play uh you know slightly into play with the rough he's like i don't understand why the rough you know as opposed to the rough setting it back it, it's kind of it's somewhat into play for the best players but not for the amateur everyday everyday player i think was what he was getting at so i think he was really kind of holding back what he wanted to say about the the golf course well brandon um, brandon was on uh live run comparing uh Comparing Reese's work at Torrey Pines to Alistair McKenzie's at uh, Augusta National. No, really? Augusta's, we're getting satellite photos and much hullabaloo about these satellite photos, work being done. I, I don't know if I have interest in that or bandwidth for it right now. But Brandel's um, an architect now, though, so he's probably right. He is. You know? He is. <laughs> um, all right, that's it. I, I, apparently, John Wall said there's a run on seven woods. Like, so they're all going into the rough, I guess, to poof it out of the rough. And all the, like, and the nine woods, right? changes that are happening are kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, Phil's doing the, the mini driver deal again. Does Phil DJ, have a chance? DJ was testing the mini driver. I mean, I don't think Phil has a chance, but like, I didn't think Phil had a chance at Kiowa. So, yeah. Who am I to say yes. anymore? Yeah, exactly. Who are we to say? Uh, I don't think right, he, he hasn't played well since this golf course got redesigned. No, no, redesigned, as some might say. All right, let's do an ad read for our friends at uh, Athletic Brewing. We're going to get deep into the U.S. Open here. We got favorite tee times, some Brooks Bryson, of course, all that stuff. But let's do an ad read for Athletic Brewing. Long week here, Andy. Late week here. You know, usually lots of late weeks. They're late nights. Some of these majors, you know, when they close up shop seven, eight o'clock, the open's can, the best. You can pour a, a bourbon. You can pour a Smith Devro. Not this week. We got to be East Coast. You're Central. I'm going to eleven o'clock. It's Athletic Brewing. I'm going to need a taste. I'm going to need to unwind five, seven, eight o'clock. I will be hitting the Athletic Brewing to keep an, a clear mind, clear head, uh, staying healthy. The website is athleticbrewing.com. The promo code is shotgun start 15. That gets you 15% off uh, first time orders. You get free shipping on 12 packs or more anywhere in the United States. Uh, they have been a big sponsor, big uh, promoter or supporter, I should say, of ours for the past year now. They sponsored a couple major weeks here. Um, and I would just, I don't know, exhort you to make this part of your uh Summer stable. I'm not saying you need to do it every night. Maybe you are. I'm not. You can be a teetotaler, hey, and that's how you live. Do that. How I, I does how does exhort to relate to ex, extort? I don't know. Is it like a sure. nice way to? You'll extort? have to lock, talk to a linguist about that, which I'm not. So uh, I would just make it part of your summer stable when you're out there grilling. You want to taste the beer. They have the cerveza. They have the run wild. They have IPAs. They have ales. They have. Uh, Multiple IPAs. They got, now, they got brown. They got yeah. They got porters. They got all kinds of stuff. They got everything. Every if you subscribe to their newsletter, 
You just get they're making a new beer seemingly every day. Yeah, they're local. I think they're in San Diego too. It comes yeah. out of San Diego. We even had the the Smith Devereaux purveyor is trying it out and a big fan. Huge fan. He's a huge yeah. fan. Yeah, he was texting us about it. So one might say right. if you own a vineyard, you'd be a man of good taste, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the URL is athleticbrewing.com. The promo code is shotgun start fifteen. Thanks again to Athletic Brewing for being a big sponsor here uh, over the past year. All right, moving on. Do you have anything else cleaned up you want to say about Tory Pines? No, I don't want to talk about the course anymore. All right. I'm going to probably try and put a moratorium on it from from this point on. They should should move in the north course, do split split courses first two days. Get it involved. Get USAM field going. Like Piners. Um, All right, let's move on. Let's do schedule for the week. We have the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. We have the Wichita Open on the Corn Ferry Tour. Wichita? No. And then on the LPGA, we have the Meyer LPGA Classic for Simply Give. This is at Blythefield or Blithfield Country Club in in Grand Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah. Allegedly a Langford Moreau. Why allegedly? I don't know. Who knows? There's there's the history books don't have it all. So that's going to be streaming on Golf Channel. It'll be on Golf Channel like early ten thirty to twelve thirty. It's actually getting a CBS finish. CBS. I, I can't recall them doing LPGA on Sunday, two to four p.m. on Sunday. That's your LPGA Meyer uh, Classic. The U.S. Open. I think it's the very first tee shot, similar to the Open Championship they've done the last couple of years. You got a lot of Peacock mixed in there. That starts at 9.45 Eastern, starting at 6.45 is the first tee time. I think they'll be live on Peacock before the first tee balls are in the air. And then it goes, you know, it's this mishmash of Peacock to Golf Channel to NBC, back to Peacock. Uh, That ends at 11 Eastern. So that's, that's the Peacock's first two days. Jam. You wish it would just stay on Peacock. I, against my uh, expectations, I've gotten really into the Peacock streams. The quality, and I've had several people confirm this, make me feel better about myself that I'm not going crazy. I don't know. The quality has been great for me on some of these, the amateur and the women's open and Walker cup. It's been good. I've, I've approved of the Peacock coverage. All right. Uh, your event of the week. Do you have one? Those US are your three Open. big events. All right. Just want to make sure. Let's do one and done picks. Do you uh, like? I, I wanted to do my three things. All right. Do three things. That's fine. We already got That's, the bomber thing. That's so there. sad. I jumped ahead of you. All right. Go ahead. Um, the, the other one, another one, the breakout. So I noticed this. Obviously, we, we covered uh, Trevino earlier this week. Spotlight. If you haven't listened, go listen. He is like the ultimate breakout, you know, U.S. Open breakout player. I mean, you got Johnny Miller at Olympic. You got all these great breakout players. In the last few years, we've had quite the run. We had Xander at Aaron Hills. He finished T5, right? You get, he was yep. one shot off the lead through one round. It was just a round all week, right? I think yes. it was a local qualifier or a sectional qualifier. I can't remember. Uh, did he have status at that point on the big he, tour? I think he, he did. Okay. I think he had, okay. he had, uh, he was like at the very bottom of the totem pole on PGA tour. Okay. 
So you must have been in sectionals. Um, You went through final. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. um, And then, uh, then you know, at Pebble we had Victor Hovland who finished T twelfth. Obviously, he won the USAM, but he hadn't done anything huge on the on the professional stage, and that was kind of his big thing. And then, sure enough, he goes on to get his card shortly after. Last year, we had Will Will Zal Torres, who obviously was making huge waves on the Corn Ferry (laughs) Tour. But nothing on you know nothing huge on the PGA Tour comes out T six in his first major and is off and running and you know still doesn't have his PGA Tour card but would be in the top twenty of the FedEx Cup if he did. Well, you've heard that, yeah. I've I've heard such a thing. Uh, do you have a nominee for this week? I mean, so you're defining breakout not necessarily as a winner, but. I think it's, makes it's just like a lingers. launching pad, right? Okay. You know, it's okay. like they have this good finish and then they, you know, and then all of a sudden they become a household name, right? Um, Derek Higa would be that guy. I don't think that you can take some guy this one four times and put him in that bucket four times in the last six months. Okay. That seems right. a bit disingenuous with, sure. with the way, with the compar- Wilco, me neighbor. I don't even think. I think him? I'm looking more in like the, Damn I think young. like. Yeah, you could go Cam Young, Grayson Sig, Sahith Thigala, who okay. you know obviously going younger. Yeah, I just All think right. it it's got to be a guy that like isn't a known commodity on one of the big tours, right? Okay. All right. Maybe Probably it's your boy Joe Long. Ways. Joe Long is that oh, as the amateur winner last? How many tournaments is this guy getting into? Leave Joe Long alone. I can't, he's been taking too many drive-bys on this podcast, uh, just totally unnecessarily. Who's I feel like Akshay Ak- could be a ca- candidate. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tall order. I mean, he's barely played on tour. I know he's got a handful of sponsors. Exemptions, Do you think Dick Bland, like, Dick Bland is too old to be one? Dick Bland <laughs> doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> To make the cut, right? <laughs> There's no freaking way Dick Bland is around on Saturday. As much as I love talk about Dick Bland and you know have him around, I, I don't think he's who's got a better chance of getting to the weekend, Zach Johnson or Dick Bland. I mean, I want to. I gotta say, ZJ, he's won two majors. Like the other guy, Dick Bland, hadn't won till he, he won for the first time on the European Tour at 47. Like I don't think that's a fair comparison. <laughs> what guy's Did a surefire see? Hall of Famer? They're both uh, okay. I was just looking for similar age group, similar poofers. You see Lee Westwood, who he played a practice round with. No, the town crier, the baton. Oh, today on the what's TV he doing? Together. I don't know. I'm wondering if the town crier is trying to corrupt him, get him out a bit with Big Brown. You know, did you see that big of, brown commercial that him and Louis? Yeah, did? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty What'd you good. Make their acting chops. Yeah, I they were pretty good. They're past. I, I, I just, how did I know that you weren't going to just shred it and say it was terrible? I, I'm, of course. <laughs> Do you think good. it was terrible? I mean, it was fine. It was good. I liked the we, message. We're... I liked the message that they're big supporters of small business. As a small business owner, I felt really connected with Westy. <sighs> Uh, all right, what's your third thing? You got the breakout. What's the third thing? 
Are we good? You know, first time, first timer. You know, I did I did five things with Ogilvy, so I've tried to do three new things. The Bobber one was a recycle, but first time major winner. Tony Finau kind of sets up well here. That's all yeah. I'm gonna say. But then you got like Hovland, you could throw in that bucket to Xander. Feel like we got a lot of guys that are floating around uh, as a first time potential major winner that isn't named Ricky Fowler. You know, I think we finally yeah. moved off of the Ricky Fowler first major talk and onto you know more fruitful uh, endeavors in that in that discussion. I was going through my time hop today, and I got like four years ago today. It Ricky, was this Ricky day. was leading. No, it was Ricky's too short. It was I had pictures of this desk. It was Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp, and Paul Azinger at a desk overlooking Aaron Hills. And well, then Ricky, day, Ricky was leading, ago, leading yeah, after the first route. Was the uh, anniversary of Ricky is too short, not off the tee, physically short. <laughs> To win a U.S. Open, Skip Bayless is golf insight. I kind of miss Fox, actually, for the content, for that reason alone. Um, hey, if you were going to pick one poofer to contend, who would you pick? That's a good question. I mean, how do we... Who do we define as poofer? I don't think we ever kind of... I don't know. I think, I think we know a poofer when you say a poofer. Oh, uh, God. Webb? I mean, if you're throwing him in there, then yes. He's a poofer. If you're letting me have Webb. All right, I'll take Webb. I'll, I'll take, take Fitzy. All right, that's a good one. Oh, by the way, Nick Hardy got back to me. Yeah, what'd he say? He said September is the best time. Good. He answered I, correctly. September's the best time for like 80% of the country. That's 85% of the country. You're, this isn't like a the best time myopic... In, in, the Chicago, best Chicago myopia is showing through here. The best time in in DC is October, early October. Most objective, like ridiculous. What are you? Are you trying to play something on your phone? No, I'm trying to pull up his right. answers for restaurants. All right, he answered both of them. At this point, I think it was like he he went pretty by the book place uh, stuff. Uh, he went. Uh, okay. <laughs> Lou Baldotti's, Portillo's, Barnaby's, Sarkis, great call there, North Shore Establishment, and uh, Carson Riffs. This is the U.S. Open preview people want and need. Nick he's, Hardy. He's played in Wichita. I got it. Fantastic. He's going to be on the PGA Tour next year. This is valuable what? insight. So who's your poofer? Who are you taking? I'm taking Fitzy. Okay, that's a good one. I like. Does Brendan Todd have a chance? Can no. we be on Todd watch? None. <laughs> they put him with Bassey, Bassey Munoz, and Rakua Hoshino. Uh, I don't know. Could be a comfortable parry for Todd playing with Bassey. Um, all right. Game Enjoy within the, the game. Things. Who's gonna uh, Hoshino or Rio Ishikawa? Who who has a lower lower score? Probably Ishikawa. I know. You know, I know very little about either's form coming in this week. So, um, should we do some one and done picks? I don't know. It sounds like you really want to get them done. I don't who want you, to forget them. Who, who's your Tainly this week? I'm going with Colin Morikawa. Oh, a little poofer. 
Yeah, I don't know if he's a poofer. You're really stretching the limits of poofer here. I don't know what the poofer is anymore. The poofer, the poofer's a dying breed. There aren't many of them out there. Chez, Luke Donald. Yeah, it's it's Faldo at one point or another. It's it's hard to kind of define nowadays. Brian Harmon. I'm going with Colin Morikawa to win the U.S. Open. Wow. Or my one and done pick. Who do you like? You just were saying that you didn't think any anybody that doesn't hit it far could contend. I don't know that I said that. I think Morikawa hits it plenty far enough. I think he's straight enough. I think he's good tee to green. Great I iron think, player. You know, there's small greens, right? Don't they have small greens? And he's a good he's iron from, player. He's from California. I've heard that. I've heard Southern California. Um, uh, small greens, right? And the, yeah. the penalty for missing these greens seems to be significant, unless maybe you end up in a bunker. I don't know. I, I think I'd like more cow this week. So. I've, been, I've been in a pickle all day trying to decide between Brooksy, Bryson, and Rom. I think those are the three, along with DJ, the four favorites right there that I would. Don't go out on a limb here. Oh, I, I, why would I? It's the U.S. Open. Why wouldn't I pick who I think is going to win? Okay. All right. So I'm taking Brooksy. Wow. Wow. All right. Mick Ultra. You'll be toasting with Mick Ultra come Sunday night. Fantastic. I'll have to go get So we should probably Ultra. segue into that then. That was the big, uh, I don't know, scuttlebutt on Tuesday at Torrey Pines. Oh. Big report, rumor, baseless, I don't know, speculation coming out of Brad Faxon's with Michael Breed, uh, talking about Titleist get-togethers, things like that. Faxon lets loose, and I'm not saying it's without you know merit or any kind of foundation, says that the USGA called Bryson, asked him if they would, he would be open or accept a pairing with Brooks Kepka. <clears throat> Bryson allegedly declined. Said, no, I don't want that. Allegedly. This fired up the kind of internet commenters and everything else. People are worked up. Bryson's such a pansy. Why did he back out? Why doesn't he want to do this? He's robbing us of this heavyweight sort of pairing. I can't believe we're talking about pairings so much. The pairings we want to see. All this stuff, you know. And then they're asked about it. Brooks denies that he was ever asked. Bryson sort of played coy i he didn't play he denied it but he says it never got to him never got to me which could mean the agent you know filtered it. heisman's heisman stiff-armed before it ever got to bryson if i could read between the lines maybe i'm overanalyzing that but there was denials from bryson's camp denials from brooks didn't say he was asked uh and woodland gary woodland never asked woodland was apparently the third wheel in this although he was great he's like i love it I would have loved for it to happen. This would have been amazing. All it's my like friends, the most personality that uh, Woodland's ever yeah. shown. It really was. It really was the most. Um, so uh, so that that's all denied. They're asked about it. I, are you over this? Are you done with this? I thought Webb Simpson had the best summation I've heard on this. A web, little old web, who you don't expect, you expect to just kind of say nothing. He's pretty good when it's when it's not about course design, golf course architecture. But he kind of let it go. I thought it was super insightful. He goes, "Look, like 
we're all on the PGA tour because they're uber competitive. We're so, I, I'm not, I'm paraphrasing. He goes, I think they're competitors. The media doesn't see the competitors come out in us very much as maybe you guys need to. He's like, we should show more of this. We should show more edge against each other. We all want to beat each other every week of the year. I think they're just living it out a little more in their words and then maybe keeping it inside. I think it's fun. I think they got a rivalry now. I think it's good for the game in a sense of rivals. I think there used to be more rivals that became well-known. We don't have that as much anymore. I think them kind of being open and honest about it in a good way, is good in a way because we know <clears throat> kind of what they think. Uh, I don't know if they texted. And then he su- suggests there could have been a PIP arrangement, that they're doing a work here over on us. But, you know, I, I, he's like, I hope they come up head-to-head on Sunday. I thought that was like a pretty – if it came from some other kind of loud – loudmouth right that's trying to stir the pot all the time i might not have taken it as as substantively but to hear webb talk about like hey we're really always trying to beat each other i'm glad that they're playing it out loud a little bit more we need more rivalries and you got people on tv saying like it's attracting the wrong kind of eyes it's a widening the audience but are these the kind of eyes we want on our game like golf can afford to you know wall off more like let's let's not accept this kind of person but but we'll take, you know, that kind of person. Let's grow the game only this way. Um, you know, Brandel is on tonight and, you know, he's on TV. He has strong opinions. I thought he was so over the top talking about cyberbullying and harassment to incitement and uh, talking about we want this game to be a, a, a history of honor. The tradition of honor, not a tradition of incivility. You got like guys is- using illegal drivers, and, and you're going to talk about a guy just saying a few things on Twitter, like, and you talk about honor, like, I, it's just ridiculous. I think we're clutching the pearls a little bit too much. At the end of the day, it's an entertainment product. I think the USGA has understood that at many points in the whole page of BBC. It was the front page of BBC about Brooks and Bryson not getting paired together. Like that's that, that shit doesn't golf doesn't make it there very much. I, I get like everybody other really sport would lean into this, right? I mean, like NFL is going to set something up like this to be the season opener, or the Christmas Day game for uh, NBA he, things like. I just it's not like taking away from the championship. The shots, the guy in Group One shot is still going to count the same. Like I, I, I don't understand how it's taking I'm, away. I'm from fine him. with them not pairing them together. At the, you know, at this point, I'm fine. I think like here's like the thing with the USGA um, is that I, I will say this. This is like a very this is a compliment like in it's it's gone against them with player relations. It's cost like certain, you know, their their PR with with different, you know, entities through this. But like the thing that they take more seriously than anything is conducting the championship. Right. And having the focus be on the championship. Like, I think that's what they deep down want the most. Like, and. But we just did a spotlight on how a guy knew the weather was coming and and didn't uh, guys, 15 guys in a row couldn't clear the hat. The kid not clear the fairway, get it to the fairway. Like, I think there's been a lot of of incidents. John was texting me. Speaking of the 20. 
2002. Yourself and John Ezekwas was texting me about the book that you were so mad that I was thumbing through. And he said, I wasn't- it's got one of the best lines. He, he He's like, I, I have to look it up, but there, Tom Meeks, who is in charge of yes. the setup, yes. I th- he, he remembers there being a line that Jeff Baggert complained, and Tom Meeks replied with, well, you know, to be honest, we aren't trying to identify the best Jeff Maggart. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Holy shit. Uh, so I, I don't know, I guess. I'm, maybe, I'm fine with it. Like, I think they should play right. their way, play their way into it on okay, the weekend. Like I, you that's know, cool. I could go both that, ways. Like I would love I'm to okay. see it. I think it would, I think it would detract from everything else. Like one of the things it would do is like, we wouldn't see anything else all day. And that would suck. Like, that's not true. No, that those cameras would be on them from T to green. It would okay. be insufferable. Like by the end of the day, like, and we would be like, wait, you know, this amateur just shot four under, like last year, Davis Thompson shoots like five under the first day. We get to see a ton of shots. Like, that's the thing. It's like there's a finite number of shots they could show. And when you have those two together on Thursday and Friday, two days where, you know, I think like one of the neat things is all the little stories that are bouncing around early in these tournaments, right? And these different yeah. little runs. Totally. It's like... Those would right. get so muted out by Bryson and Brooks for the five and a half hours that they're on the golf course. We would get wall the wall of Bryson and Brooks. I will say NBC, this Tommy Roy tradition, they're very quick to talk about it, is to show if you play your way into the championship, you will be shown on TV. Every 156 player is shown at least once. Now, I know you can... So they, they do mix it up a little bit. They've done that now at the British Open too. But... I want to just say, I'm not like disconsolate that they didn't put them together. What I'm reacting more is to like how oh, these people. The cyberbullying? So, yeah. And like, this is a gentleman's game and it's not, this is just not gentlemanly. They're acting like five year olds. What's interesting is like a lot of the old TV guys. What about how Hogan that. treated Arnold Palmer? Like, yeah. I can't believe he The old guys on TV are saying this. We really got Webb. You got Woodland, two dial tones by all accounts. Pretty vanilla. Go, this is awesome. This is great. Let's do it. Speed. Like, this is all the chatter. It's it's amazing. Like, the guys who are out on tour aren't, doing, aren't saying that. And maybe that's because they're peers and colleagues and they don't want to go rip another of their peers as being ungentlemanly. But that is my issue, is that sort of backlash of how they've cheapened and that they're just not upholding traditions of the game. That's all. It's 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 fine that they're not paired together. Um, speaking of, should we do your favorite tea times? You want to do some favorite tea times for these first couple of days? Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm p- pulled out here. Happen to Can be I looking get mine? at them. Yeah. The runts. They put Hatton, Fitzy, and Hovland together. I checked all their listed heights in the program, God. and they did Hatton dirty. They put Hatton as 5'9". Didn't make the cut. The other two are listed at 5'10". There's no way. What did Danny Raps uh, replied saying? If if uh, if oh, yeah. Fitzy's 5'10", I'm 6'4". Yeah. Danny so Rapp's- he's one of those in the program inflation there. They got a little bit of... So that's I love that. These diminutive little Euros kind of making their way. 
around Torrey Pines. It, that feels purposeful. That feels like one of the cheeky ones. USGA is having a little fun. Like they did the hefty boys at Pinehurst. And this is the. Uh, what about the, the Triple H pairing? That's a good one. Tom Hoagie, Bo Hogue, and, and Hi- Joe Highsmith. That's good. There aren't a lot of them, did they? as far as well, I could tell. I right? got there's some. You got the uh, you got the the Friday Night Lights, the Texas Forever U.S. Junior pairing. Yeah, yeah. All U.S. Yeah. Junior champs: Spieth, Scheffler, and Zelatoris. By the you, way, Hogue and Hoagie together is just inspired. Like yeah. great, great work by all involved. <laughs> all right, the Texas Forever. Okay, you got the far, far, the Farmers Commercials uh, champion. You got Leash, Rom, and Reed together. Three past farmers champs. Leishman, Rom, and Reed. Okay. Yeah. That's stinky. Who cares? Okay. All right. You got the CT voice. Kokrak and Corey Connors paired up with Cameron oh, Champ. You think that was it? I don't you think, think they did that. I don't know. They should have put Chaz. They should have like touched them all at the same time. Why is Chez? Did Chez fail one? I think I'm so. forgetting it. I believe oh, so. God. Oh, God. I like that. The CT boys, literally. How, how about this one? This one's like the, I think the hipster, the hipster group to let, to watch. Wilco, Cam Young, and yeah. Guido Migliasio. <clears throat> Definitely a little hipster stuff there. My KFT. Hipster, like, oh, he's my favorite player on the KFT. Guy's killing it. Wilco, I don't know, you, you, you never heard about this guy, but I know about him. He hits it like 40 yards past everybody else. And Guido, man, that guy's done well in the Euro Tour. Like, I, I, I watch more than just the PGA Tour here. Yeah. KFT, you know, Sunshine Tour legend in, in the Euro Tour. So, yeah, somebody, a- somebody who's going to the event is probably trying to talk his friends into yeah, watching following. that group. That's uh, a great call. Then we got the the old men group, Westy, Who's that? Stu Sink, and Paul Casey. Okay, not doing much for me. How's Westy? Westy, everybody talks about Rocco. Westy's the one that gave it away. Why? Refresh our memory. I mean, I know he he, he made bogey from the it. middle of the fairway on thirteen. Missed a couple short putts coming down the stretch. It was it was ugly. How are you feeling about him married again, remarried, and coming off a bender in Las Vegas? I, th- I feel great. Shape? I think this yeah. is the perfect prep for Westy. He okay. doesn't he doesn't need to practice. He's hit enough golf balls. The only thing he needs to do is go to an arm lock putter. That's that's the only thing he needs to do. He's too much of a sportsman. Too much integrity to do it. They put Sergio and Adam Scott together, which I think is interesting because they have nearly identical career stats. Like, and essentially burst out of the sea within three years of each other, have had, you know, nearly identical careers. And then they got Bubba with him, which. That's an odd pairing. Okay. Yeah. Bubba. Yeah. Uh, Neiman, Hammer, and Higo. I like that group. Another hipster one. Somewhat. Yeah. Like yeah. I watch amateur golf. I know about the Chilean, the South Florida legend. Okay. I, I feel Who else? 
Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. What's the worst pairing? What's the worst Just to pairing? do a drive-by here. <laughs> I mean, put Matt Jones and Brendan Steele together. Like, I don't know. That's like interchangeable. Like, but Camp Smith, of course, is the third wheel there. And what about what about Streelman, Streelman, Grace, and Hoffman? That's that's pretty rough. We're talking. This is like the we got to think about like like the like the sixty to one thirty in the FedEx Cup standing zone. I think is like it just does nothing for you, right? You don't have sort of the hipsterism of it. You don't have the international flair. You well, don't they got the, the South Africans all together. The Van Royen. Maybe yeah, they're trying to that. hold them at bay from going berserk. They got Van Royen, Bazadenhout, and uh, Hot Charles. Hot Charles. How did Chess, Hot Charles get in? Chess, Dick Bland, and Troy Merritt is really an incredible group. Oh, <laughs> if we weren't such Chess devotees, <laughs> I don't know. That, that might be the worst one out there. That might be it. I w- I would love to watch Chess navigate Tory. That that is must see TV. If yeah, we had every Walker. shot live, I would watch Chess. Walker and Palmer in the same group isn't doing a lot for me. Here's a bad one: Rafa Cabrera yeah. Bayo, a- Adrian Marunk, who just. He did. He actually offended me when I was watching what? the Europe. I don't know. He had that audio thing on his shirt, and he just stunk that day. I don't the know six, what it was pole. about about it. Just just bothered me. And then Shaggy okay. Kang. That was. I think it's supposed to be the sound of like pain or something. Somebody sent us what that shirt is all about. The um, audio wave on it. So, all right, that's it. You got anything else on tea times? I mean, should we do featured groups? Should we actually acknowledge them? Oh yeah, we should. Well, right, then you got you got Homa, Xander, and Phil, the Southern California boys, San Diego guys. Yeah, yeah. You got. Um, how about the Co-Crack Champ and Connors group? You know, that's just we just talked about. I it. know it's just it's such a ridiculous boys. group. Does. Both be probably kind of fun group to watch because you know you got Connor just flushes it, and then you got Kokrak bombing, gouging around, and and Champ. You know you never know what he's gonna do in a week. Maybe he could yeah. he could win <laughs> top five, he could shoot eighty eight, or Chop, shoot eighty eight, chipping yeah, around, exactly. yeah, chipping back and forth from the green. Yeah. Well, uh, you got so Morikawa, the- JT, and and Brooks are one feature group. Another feature group. Uh. You did. You mentioned Zalatora, Spieth, and Scheffler. What are the other ones? Hideki, Bryson, the Thick Boys with Hideki and uh, Tyler Strafacci, DJ Rory, Frank, and uh, Justin Rose. Three past winners. I think Can't a Rom one is right. And M. You mentioned Rom Reed, Leishman. Don't Rom and Reed have some sort of? Didn't they have a dust up? Am I mistaken? Am I? Making that up in my head. I think you are. Uh, all right. Wyndham Clark, Matthias Schmidt, and Matthew Southgate might that be up be there. For Clark and Southgate. You know, I know you got an amateur in there, but yeah, that's it. Uh, all right. Anything else on this preview episode? Huh? We made our what picks. About John, huh? you... We're just reading the whole T sheet <laughs> at this point. Huh? Veerman Suture. Not a strong pairing. Not a strong group. 
Do you like think any of those nice. guys make the cut? You pick one, I'll pick one. You can get first pick. I don't know anything about Johannes Bierman, but I've taken Bierman. I'll take Hom. Guys played well on tour recently. I don't know. I think recently. he's a poofer. Yeah, I think he might be in trouble. All right. Anything else? Just open preview. We covered it. We talked at length about the course. Made our one and done picks. What's Any your What's your pricing? What's your ideal? You know what's? I mean, we're going to talk tomorrow. There's, night. there's USGA USGA controversies. You know whether it's like the blimp go the plane going down at Aaron Hills. That was a blimp, and someone died. So let's not make light of it. I think someone perished in that. Eventually, there's a, like a, was, there's rumors of an E. coli breakout at Aaron Hills. There was like they had bad water. There was a breakout. The Aaron Hills became a circus real fast one of those days. <laughs> what do you think could happen? Do you think a hand collider could cause mayhem? I mean, I think you could get a rogue hang glider coming in. I, I think that's a legitimate it. thing that could happen. Did you watch the old Mike Tyson, Riddick Bow when the guy perished? You were probably two years old. When the guy parachuted what into were the you, ring. Four years old? I was young. <laughs> I was young. Acting like I'm 22 years old. Um, I think it actually might have been Evander Holyfield. I watched it at my cousin's house. I was not. Yeah, it was, was Bo. This, was he, did he have Riddick his Bo, ears Evander still? Evander Holyfield. <laughs> and they had. Yeah, this was well before the biting. Of Bo Holyfield fight. And this dude with a fan on the back, like it's similar to hang glider. The fight was outside MGM, I want to say. Came bursting under the side of the ring. He got over the ropes. Obviously, the parachute got caught on the top. They had to stop the fight. I think we could have sort of a, sort of a uh, kind of a, a throwback to that. You could have a rogue hang glider. I don't understand. I mean, how can you secure that? How can you police the sky? They, they take way? they take off from off site too. I don't think they can do anything about them. And they know, you know, they want them there for the visuals, right? They want them there for the content, so they can't ground them for the week, right? That would take away too much of the the content, and the visuals, and the, you know, uh, Dan Hicks and Azinger cracking wise about the, you know, the hang gliders, and you know, Pat Reed just hanging on like that hang glider out there. Uh, so, so that that could be the incident if you're looking for an incident. One uh, European guy or somebody was talking about this morning. The first time he played, it's like oh, it just popped up on him on like the fourth cranes, like scared the hell out of him. It's like they're really close to you. That's that's what Ogilvy was saying. He was like, they just. Oh, was it Ogilvy? Yeah, it's Ogilvy. That's <laughs> yeah. what it was. That was just, on your podcast. Just pop up. I'm glad I, I I wasn't sure if I should ask him about it, but I'm glad yeah. I did. Yeah. Well, that's the All thing. Right. The shadow. They could just spook somebody. This is. I was. I was with the US. Well, I was with the USGA <laughs> official when I played media day, and I said to, I said to him on like the second hole, I'm like, listen. I think this hang glider thing could be a problem. By the time we were on four, they were like, yeah, this this is actually legitimately could be a problem. Uh, is there noise? There's no noise, but they're just, 
I was like, what if, what if what if one of the hang gliders is betting on the on the competition? Oh, you and it's going over there and bu- buzzing true. towers. That's true. Just dive bombing in on them like cicadas. Yeah. Well, that you know? huge shadow. I mean, it's like you could get a, somebody right at the top of their swing. It would totally spook them. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. The gambling aspect, plus it's the wild west. That that's interesting. I'm gonna have to keep an eye out. Now I kind of wish we were out there so you could be hollering yeah, about it, like the blimp, sitting out there watching okay. hang gliders all day. All right, that's it. Great preview. I enjoyed chatting with you about this. This is uh. You know, a serious note, a lot of full of gratitude. We have the U.S. Open back, Father's Day weekend, June spot. It's a national championship. It's going to be a good one. Prime time might not be your ideal course, but uh, it'll be entertaining. No, it's going to be I, awesome. You have the best players in the world. Excited. You know, uh, it's it's going to be great. It's going to be an awesome championship. It's good. The course is going to play firm, um, which should be exciting to watch. the The visuals are going to be amazing, and and I want. Why are they finishing at five West Coast time? I don't know. I saw that same thing happened with the Olympic, but even that was that was even earlier. I think it's supposed to yeah. be seven o'clock Eastern. I don't get. They it. must have had some Olympics stuff that night where they couldn't. They already had that set in stone before they got the new the contract transferred over to them from Fox. Very excited. It's going to be an awesome week. We'll be having our daily podcast Thursday night, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, we have spotlights. Go check those out during idle time on Wednesday or even next Th- week. There's whenever. copious amounts of audio available to you. Yes. All right. Everyone enjoy your Wednesdays. We'll be back with you after the first round. Talk to you then.